0: going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 57 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman and Core I mean, this whole season, it just has not disappointed us in one bit. This divisional round, it was the best weekend of football that I probably ever watched. I mean, some of the games, the last game, of course, I mean, game of our lifetime, I guess maybe we could even peg it as right now. I mean, that was just unbelievable. I was amazed at how good all four games really were. So uh, yeah, definitely excited to recap this. I mean, we're recapping this on what a Wednesday and it just seems like it's so long because of how awesome those games were and how long we had to wait. But we're finally here and I'm excited to finally get into it.
1: Yeah, po, I mean, kind of seem like the games like got better as they as they went on, starting from like the Cincy game, all the way down to like the Chiefs Bills games, like honestly, four great games settled by three point. I mean, yeah, the last one six points, but yeah, I mean, honestly, unbelievable weekend. And like I said, I'm not. I mean, I'm not really surprised. It's been crazy season all year, so definitely um, ready to recap these games because they were they were pretty outstanding.
0: Yeah, all four games ended on a game-winning play. Obviously, the three field goals in the first three games, and then the last one, which is the game that we're going to start with, being the walk-off touchdown Core, When you have a matchup between two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, I remember even saying this. I was like, please just don't let it be like a 10-3 or a 10-7 game. And boy, did this game not disappoint us at all. The Kansas City Chiefs win 42-36 in overtime thanks to 25 points scored In less than two minutes left in the game, plus overtime, I mean, back and forth, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes went late in this one, and at the end of the day, it came down to a 50-50 chance, and Josh Allen picked wrong in the coin toss. I mean, my instant reaction from this is that hopefully we'll see these two match up for the next decade, and we'll be treated to a lot of games similarly like this, but I mean, it was unreal this game I mean like I said I don't know where to even unpack I mean both of the quarterbacks were flawless Gabriel Davis unbelievable but in the end Mahomes had the ball last and he was able to find Travis Kelsey for a spectacular catch and the Chiefs are moving on and Buffalo goes home as one of the most undeserving teams ever to be eliminated from the playoffs if you ask me and Josh Allen throws nine touchdowns zero interceptions in the two postseason games and he finds himself has a season cut short like it's unfortunate for that but unfortunately one of these two teams had to lose and uh yeah it's upsetting but I mean boy were we traded to a great one
1: yeah I mean my instant reaction was like before someone even lost like it's kind of a shame that like one of those one of these two teams had to lose this lose this game because honestly like both these teams I think winner of this game like definitely capable of winning, of winning the Super Bowl. Like, it's a shame the Bills had to uh, go home. But, yeah, this game was pretty crazy, especially the last few minutes of this game. Like, it just seemed after the Bills made this game 29-26, like, these teams could have played for 45 straight minutes, and I don't know if anyone was going to get a stop. Like, both offenses just were clicking on all cylinders – and I don't know, the Chiefs defense, Bills defense, like kind of was a little bit of Swiss cheese defense, but maybe it's just how good the offense was. I mean, this is just elite play from, uh, from both these quarterbacks who personally, I think, I, I'd say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I'd honestly say Josh Allen is number two. I know Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers are both good, but I don't know, I think these guys are one and two, just their versatility, being able to run the ball, obviously on the run, throwing balls deep. Like these guys are just super talented. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, we know, uh, they've been here, they, they're heading back to the AFC Championship game for for another year. But yeah, honestly, like, it's just, you don't even know what to say. Just, yeah, just like these two quarterbacks, you hope to see them go back and forth for, for a while. And honestly, like saying that, like, I would not be surprised game. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl next year, I can, you could honestly book, I think, a, B- a Bills unless they announce the uh, opponents already I think a Bills versus Chiefs like week 1 matchup would be would be kind of nice but yeah honestly Gabriel Gabriel Davis 201 yards four touchdowns like no one sees that coming just just an unbelievable game overall and yeah the Chiefs move on and they have a, a dated home against uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals
0: Yeah, listen, we'll get to that game in a little bit because it would be unjust if we kind of didn't break this game down a little bit more and kind of sped past it. We've mentioned the two quarterbacks. I mean, we'll start on the Bills side of things if you ask me because unfortunately for them, their season comes to an end. But Josh Allen, 329 yards and four touchdowns in the air, added another 68 yards with his legs. It seemed like Kansas City's passers honestly did do a decent job of getting to Allen, but both of these quarterbacks, but even Allen too, like his escapability was great all game. I mean, when It was a third and short, too. They designed up that QB counter or QB power, QB sweep to the left side or to the right side, and Allen is running through defenders or running over. It was just a flawless performance, like I said, from Josh Allen. I know they really took Stephon Diggs out of the game, Kansas City, but Gabriel Davis said that's no problem. He caught that 75-yard touchdown pass where Josh Allen throws a ball absolutely on the money, an absolute dime. And then Gabriel Davis, I believe, I want to say it was Mike Hughes, was the one that he absolutely shattered on one of his touchdown routes, which, again, Gabriel Davis is, what, a second-year player. I believe he was picked in the fourth round last year, kind of really coming into his own, a guy who's caught a lot of touchdowns in this career but maybe doesn't get the recognition he deserves in Buffalo. I definitely think he's could be an, a big piece emerging for them in their future. But, I, core, the biggest thing for Buffalo and what's going to kill them the, during this offseason is that with 13 seconds left, you had a three point lead and you managed the Chiefs to get about 45 yards. Yet they didn't squib it, which Sean McDermott's definitely going to have to eat on the decision. I think that if he could go back, he would. And honestly, I do think that squibbing it, like it, it definitely would have helped if you asked me. I don't know if it would have helped enough because the Chiefs, it, it was still just the way that they played it. I thought that to not play a couple, like to not really have a guy in Kelsey or Tyree Hill's face, I think, is like – they, they just made it way too easy. They almost played way too scared in those 13 seconds, and that ultimately – was their downfall in a sense because they gave up so many yards underneath. And then even that count, like those two plays were just like almost effortless by the chiefs. Yes. You could give the chiefs props to their execution, but Buffalo you actually made it just a bit too easy because they were so nervous that they were going to lose it, that they ultimately did. So Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator there had an unbelievable season, but if there's one thing from that, he will definitely be all thinking about that last 13 second drive that the chiefs were able to orchestrate.
1: Yeah, first on that, with 13 seconds left on that kickoff, my perspective, like, like you can't have Tyler Bass just boom that through the end zone. Like, I think you got to force some type of return, whether it's a squib or, like, hit, like, maybe, like, a high kick to, like, 10, 15-yard line. Like, you got to make the Chiefs return that kick to take some time off the clock. There's literally only 13 seconds. Like, you can't let the Chiefs just start the ball at their own 25 yard, like, yeah, they're at their own 25, but they got three timeouts and it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think you got, like, you got to force a return, take off at least three, five seconds off the clock um, regarding the return. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to realize, like, the Chiefs had three timeouts and, and Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, are just both, like, elite playmakers with the ball in their hands. Yeah, like, it just seemed like, I don't know. They were just playing very conservative just like deep like they didn't want to like get beat over the top and Patrick Mahomes is just throwing like short passes and Tyreek and Kelsey are just picking up yards and just finding holes in the defense and then yeah Harrison Bucker obviously like didn't have a great game but I mean obviously the top kicker in the league like I was confident he's cashing like all they had to get to in my opinion was like the 40-yard line to have a chance so I don't know that's just like my my take on it like the, the, like you said, I think the Bills were playing a little, a little scared. Like they didn't want to like get beat, but like with three timeouts left, I think that should have like been thought into consideration. Like the chiefs could just stop, stop the clock as soon as they go down uh, tackled. So yeah, I mean, you, you can't really, you can't fault Leslie Frazier, but with, with like 13 seconds left, I think more of it, you got to, I guess just credit to, to the chiefs offense, but definitely, could have been uh, handled a little bit better.
0: Yeah, like I said, I think that, I mean, you rush three, you play man across the board with five other receiver eligible receivers, and you still got three guys who could play deep over the top. I think that Leslie Frazier, that's something that, uh, I mean, a lot of coaches around the league, I know we'll get into it with the Bucks and the Rams game too. It just seems like late game defenses. I mean, we used to do what, stock up, stock down, late game defenses, a little bit of a stock down for this one. Core, Of course, we're going to have to talk about overtime, too, because for a game like this to end with one quarterback not getting a chance to even step on the field is upsetting. Now, my, I guess I'll start with you first. I kind of here, let you share your opinion on this. What do you think about the overtime rule? Obviously, I think we would both agree that it, it sucked for Josh Allen to have to stand on the sideline. But do you think the overtime rule should be modified or are you on the the thinking of, well, the Bills, I mean, their defense, if football is a team game, their defense didn't get a stop, and it's unfortunate, yes, but if they only give up a field goal, he would have a chance to do it. So I'm curious to hear where which which side of the fence you're on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely both sides have a legitimate case. Like, your defense obviously is half half the game. Like, you got to get a stop. But at the end of the day, I think I think it was just, like, the context of that. Like, just what was going on in that game. It was just obvious whoever got the ball probably – was going to win the game personally i think uh i think i think the overtime rules should be changed i think it has changed like in the past obviously it was like first team to just score anything like a field goal would just win the game that kind, that was not really uh great they changed it to a touchdown i don't know i think it should be changed like both teams should get a possession but i don't really know it's like or i saw something else like first team that eight points wins like you've got to get a two-point conversion to to win the game but that that still wouldn't like guarantee the other team the ball so it's kind of it's constantly kind of complicated but I definitely think there should be some type of change where both teams receive the ball I think I think it would be smart like both teams get the ball and then like if they both score touchdowns then the next team to score wins I think that would be somewhat fair, like eventually your defense got, has to come up with a stop. So I just think both teams do deserve a, a t- like a, a possession with the ball. Cause like, yeah, defense is half the game, but obviously like Buffalo has Josh Allen on offense. Like they get the ball first, they're winning the game. Like you, I think they deserve a shot with the ball. So yeah, I think this, I think the rules should be changed like slightly, but like a full quarter of play after like four foot, after already four quarters, I think might be like a little bit too much football, just like the injury, like risk could be there. So yeah, I think both teams definitely deserve a
0: possession of the ball and should be slightly changed. Yeah. Listen, that's the problem with football being such a physically demanding sport. Like, I mean, your chance of injury, if you're playing another 15 minutes rises is like crazy. So I think that's maybe some of the people's worry that if they were to play the extra quarter, that would happen. I I like your proposal, though, if you – like, if you score the touchdown, they still get a chance to match you, and then from there to sudden death. Yes, I think their main argument there would probably be like, well, you could play another 12 minutes of football there. Like, that could get a little dangerous. What I do think is interesting about that, though, too, is that maybe – you implant I don't I don't know. Like I, I like the first to eight one too. I think the first to eight is another interesting caveat. But again, you're still gonna run into the same problem because what team is gonna score and then not go for two right away. You know what I mean? Of course they're gonna score and go for two, but I think I might be able to get behind the one that you were going with there. And then who knows? Like if the first team scores a touchdown, then they almost have to decide, do I wanna go for two here or do I want to kick an extra point because Like, let's say the Bills are able to get the ball back and the Bills are down seven, right? The Bills score and they're probably going to be like, in their mind, we're not giving our defensive ball back. Let's go for two for all the marbles right here. And if we get it, we do get it. So definitely going to be something that the committee is going to have to sit down with and talk about in league meetings come this offseason because it was on full display. I mean, a couple of years ago, though, the Chiefs did get kind of screwed here, too, with the Patriots getting the ball first in overtime and the Patriots scoring. They, I remember we even trying to propose a rule where some, like the teams knew who was getting the ball to start overtime, which I think that's pretty cool. And everybody shot it down. But now the chiefs are almost like, well, thank you for shooting it down because you just helped us. But our rule could have definitely helped you Buffalo, which I think that would have, you know, maybe Buffalo changes. Their, I don't, I don't really think they could have, you know what I mean? You definitely still wanted to go up the field goal, but besides that point, Cora, I want to kind of bring it back to the quarterbacks in a sense, because maybe we haven't, given them enough praise that they deserve. I mean, both of these guys, like I said, over 65 yards on the ground, over 325 yards in the air. I mean, all game, it just seemed like the NFL has become such a quarterback centric league that you can win without one core. But when you have that guy at the quarterback position, I mean, you're never out of a game. It's crazy how transcendent some of these guys are at this position. And for Allen and Mahomes, two younger quarterbacks, both draft Mahomes in 2017, Allen in 2018, the job that Kansas City and Buffalo has done developing these guys, giving them the right tools to succeed is unparalleled. Nobody else in the league, everybody else in the league has failed, or maybe I shouldn't say everybody else, but a lot of other teams have failed doing this, but they've given them the necessary weapons to succeed. They've given them the right coaching. They've built the right culture in their buildings. And Sunday night was a result of all the success that they've had for Buffalo. Yes, they're falling just short of their ultimate goal, but they are like I don't want to like I said I don't want to say it's a success because they didn't win a Super Bowl. But like what they have done, what day one Josh Allen is to now Josh Allen, it's unbelievable. The job they could never in their wildest imagination could they have thought that Josh Allen would be this good? I mean. Again, all game, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo's defensive line and Kansas City's defensive line, they did make things kind of difficult if you like. There were so many times where it's just like, why can't you tackle these guys? Like Mahomes' escapability was unreal in this game. But like I said, when you got that dude at the quarterback position, I mean, you're, you are in for a treat for your team. I can't, it, it, it pains me. You know how lucky Bills and Chiefs fans are that they get to see these guys go out there and make whatever play that they want and throw whatever ball they want. And with 13 seconds left, Kansas City fans are like this, that's all right. We got Patrick Mahomes. He'll figure this out. Like, that's that's nuts. I mean, hats off to these guys, hats off to their organizations. And like I said, you just hope that for the next 10 years, we're not robbed of any of these ma- because These matchups are going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that like 13 seconds left and I mean, as a fan, like watching, I don't know about you. Like I was like thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, this game honestly is not over like three timeouts. Like I'm not putting it past Patrick Mahomes. And obviously The rest is history. But Josh Allen, though, like his – like patch Mahomes, like, comes in as a rookie, doesn't really play second year, casually throws for 50 touchdowns. But Josh Allen's, like, development from, like – I know, like, his rookie year, he really was not that good. Second year, he got better. Third year was a a star. Now, I mean, he's just – he's a bona fide superstar. So, like, Buffalo's development with Josh Allen definitely has been – unbelievable like you knew he had the arm talent he had a lot of good traits but like the development and to show like a raw like a raw talent turn into like my opinion the top two quarterback in the NFL like definitely credit to Josh Allen's like ability to buy in and Buffalo's ability to develop him but yeah I mean to have both these quarterbacks are like I don't even like I don't know if it's, like, clear-cut. Like, if you're telling me, do I want Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Like, probably I'm siding with Patrick Mahomes, but, like, I don't think it's really, like, that far. Like, Josh Allen is, like, that guy. Like, Josh Allen is an elite quarterback. He could do everything on the field. Like, he could throw on the run. He could throw it deep in the pocket. He could run. I don't know. He could just do everything. So, I just think both these quarterbacks are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And I think going forward, that's not going to change. So I'm hoping this turns into like a rivalry because both these quarterbacks, honestly, the future, I mean, the sky's the limit for both these guys. And um, hopefully at least like uh, hopefully both these guys could like lead their team to to a Super Bowl because both these guys are uh, just outstanding talents.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like you want these guys to be able to achieve every single level of greatness that they deserve and how great they truly are. So you want that team success. I know Mahomes has been there, has won a ring before. So for Josh Allen's sake, I know it's maybe put off this year, but hopefully the Bills, I mean, they seem like they're going to keep coming back and they're going to give the Chiefs everything they have. They were built to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team. They went toe to toe with them. I know I like if you ask me, I thought Kansas City played well in this game and I thought Buffalo like Josh Allen really allowed them to stay in this. And Ultimately, they fall up just short. But again, it, yes, it's their fault. But in a sense, like it could have so easily went Buffalo's way if Josh Allen calls tails, or if the coin flips heads and Buffalo gets the ball first. One last thing I do want to mention, Core, because it was just absurd, and I would be a little upset if I Tyree killed that touchdown that he scored. I mean. Tyree Kill could win an Olympic gold medal. I'm so fully convinced that was absolutely ridiculous that nobody caught him and that he just is able to run through anybody. He's throwing peace signs up in front when he defenders are in front of him. The one thing I will say about this I didn't like how they didn't flag him on it. I think that the way that the taunting penalty has been this year, the fact that he was able to do that. And yes, I think it would have completely taken away from the game. I don't think it should have been a flag, but the way that the NFL has been officiated this year for them to not call that taunting penalty, I know it ultimately didn't matter because Buffalo ends up scoring on that drive anyway, but maybe it takes Buffalo an extra eight seconds to score. And then Kansas City only gets the ball back with five. Like I said, maybe, maybe I'm like, you know what I mean? I I don't like this argument, but I, I do think that, Tyreek Hill should have gotten flagged for that, but that doesn't take away from the fact that that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because, again, I don't know how he scored that. He's just – he's lightning in a bottle. He's unreal, Tyreek Hill. So good for him. Throw up the peace signs if you're not going to get flagged, I guess, because who doesn't love him? But, uh, yeah, the NFL officiating crew and, really, again, the league office is going to have to talk about the taunting penalty. I mean, if you're going to enforce a rule, have it all at all times. You know what I mean? Don't, like so, – don't keep the flag in the pocket sometimes.
1: I mean, I honestly like a lot of things that – the NFL does comes with inconsistency, like roughing the passer calls are definitely mm-hmm. an inconsistent uh, thing. I, I don't think – yeah, obviously, like, like throwing up the peace signs definitely is not deserving of a penalty. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, from penalties that they've called this year, I think certainly probably should have been called. I mean, they'll probably get him with, with a fine, which he probably doesn't even care about. he will just <laughs> – write the checkout or whatever i don't even know where that money even goes but um yeah i mean to throw peace signs for a guy who's in front of you just shows tyree kill is just the the guy's just so dynamic in uh space here just watching that just you i thought at first it was just gonna be like a solid gain and the guy just gets around the outside and just cribs it casually like i don't even know like tyree kill it's crazy how fast he is because like he's not that he's obviously not that tall like he's obviously not a tall guy like his strides are really not long it's just like he's just so fast that he just makes up ground so yeah I mean he's just uh I think Tyreek kill obviously at, at worst I'd probably say right now he's uh top three top four receiver in the NFL and I think uh the obviously the Chiefs got something going clearly with uh him Mahomes Kelsey just it's been a it's been a crazy offense for the last few years and it just seems like this year they've kind of – the league is like, a, like adapted a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, no one can stop the, the Chiefs' offense at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, even Buffalo did a good job at least of limiting big plays. But, again, Patrick Holmes, even with his legs too, he proved that. All right, that's no problem. Like, I will grind out drives. That's a thing that he's definitely progressed in this year, taking a good step forward as teams have tried to take away the 70-yard bombs to Tyreek Hill. Core – I guess, unfortunately, we're going to have to move on from this game and get to the other games of the weekend, which are also great. But, like I said, I mean, that game is on a short list for sure. Also, of course, being a playoff game definitely helped that. But with the way that the final two minutes in overtime were, I think it is one of the best football games I ever watched. I know, like, I mean, a couple Super Bowls are definitely up there. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is, like, the Cardinals-Steelers when Big Ben threw the touchdown to Holmes. I mean, that Super Bowl is unreal. But – I mean, a short list of games, if you ask me, on the best games I've ever witnessed, and that definitely made it. I mean, like I said, now you got huge expectations now for the conference championship game. We said we hope that Josh Allen and Mahomes' Bills Chiefs on Sunday night lived up to the hype, and it did, and then some shattered any crazy expectation I ever had – I could have for that game. But, like I said, we're going to move on. Unfortunately for Buffalo, they're done, but their future is bright. Kansas City, hopefully – they didn't really shoot their load in the sense in that game. You know what I mean. They still got two more games to go until they reach their ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl. So they definitely have to uh, make sure, or else Cincinnati will come into town and move on to the Super Bowl, and Kansas City will be like, "Well, that didn't matter winning this game because we just got upset." Then the next week. But besides the point, core, let's go on to the other game on Sunday, the earlier game, which was. Pretty exciting in its own right. I mean, the Los Angeles Rams defeat Tom Brady 30 to 27 on a game-winning field goal by Matt Gay in the Matt Gay revenge game. Good for him. I mean, he could have put the game away a little bit earlier, but he wanted the extra drama and he wanted a game-winning kick in his old home stadium. Core. I'll start with this. The Rams in the first half of this game, they were up 20 to 3 and they were driving, about to score again to make it 27-3. And Cam Akers fumbles inside the 10-yard line. The Rams' first half up until that point was absolutely flawless. There's no team in the NFL, including the Bills and the Chiefs, who I just talked about, that will beat the Rams if they play as well as they did in the first half. They were unreal. But you turn the ball over four times um, from this, from late in the second quarter to the fourth quarter, that will never, ever, ever – like, that's never good. Like, the fact that they, they were able to still survive this game while turning the ball over four times in essentially a half is very impressive. It's a testament to how good their team really is. But – You open the door for Tom Brady, they're lucky that Matthew Stafford made one of the most unbelievable throws, again, of the weekend to Cooper Cup that ultimately led to that game-winning field goal. But, yeah, I mean, hats off to the Rams for winning and being able to at least stage off that comeback from Tom Brady. But, I mean, if I'm the Rams, I'm definitely at least a little upset. I'm I'm happy I won the game, of course, but I'm a little upset that we weren't able to just put them away earlier on.
1: Yeah, I mean, this game really had no business coming down to – a Matt Gay field goal, like the score was 27 to three. And it, I, I just never seen, I've never seen something like literally back to back fumbles, I think. Uh, and then a, like, and then a fumble like later in the game. I don't know. It was honestly pretty crazy just to see like uh, how how the Rams were kind of like folding at that point. But hey, after the Bucks scored, uh, make it 27 27 Matthew Stafford showed like he's not just some stat pattern from Detroit like he really is a really good quarterback finds Cooper Cup on an absolute dime downfield to set him up for the game-winning uh game-winning kick but like you're right before those turnovers occurred um the Rams even without Andrew Whitworth at uh at, at on the offensive line in this game they um they, they were playing absolutely dominant on both sides of the ball honestly like, the Buccaneers really had no ants, no, nothing going, um, before these turnovers were occurring in, uh, in in this game. And the Rams uh, on both sides of the ball, I think, I think if they do end up getting to the Super Bowl and playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think the Rams' certain advantage is is definitely going to be on the defensive side of the ball because, obviously, like the defensive line with uh, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller is pretty pretty elite. And then you got Jalen Ramsey who did get burned in this game uh, by Mike Evans on that deep touchdown from Brady. But I don't know. I just think the Rams defense is better than the Chiefs defense, especially if, I don't know if Tyron, I mean, by then Tyron Matthew probably should be good, but Tyron Matthew in that game definitely hurt Chiefs defense. But overall, I think the Rams on both sides of the ball are, are the best team in the NFL when they are on. And yeah, they prove that in this game. And I don't know what the future holds for Tom Brady. He almost had another comeback in this one, which would have been pretty crazy. And no one even would have been surprised because, because it's Tom Brady. So I I personally don't think Tom Brady retires. I think he comes back next year, but for him to say out him and say like, he's uncertain about his future. I think like makes you think that maybe Brady has really not that many years left. Maybe he's really like considering retirement after
0: maybe like one or two more years, if not this year. So I'm um, curious to see how uh, that goes. Yeah. I'll start on the Rams side of things and then we'll get to the And Definitely. I want to discuss the Tom Brady thing because yeah, for him to come out and say something like that, I mean, never really has signaled that it might be close to the end. And now it's almost like sprinkling in a little things, but yeah, the Rams, I mean, the defensive line, you mentioned, they got to Tom Brady all day. They made things very uncomfortable for him. I thought Tristan Wirfs being out the right tackle, the all pro right tackle of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a huge loss for sure. I mean, Brady, again, at this stage in his career, a guy who, has done a good job of like staying upright and the Buccaneers do such a good job of protecting him in the pocket. So Von Miller's coming off the edge. He got a strip sack in this one too. I mean, definitely made things uncomfortable for Brady, especially in that first half too. The Rams are doing a good job getting good field position. The Buccaneers were kicking kickoffs out of bounds. So stuff like that doesn't help at all for sure. And then, like I said, maybe a little bit of a self implosion by the Rams. And when you do that against Tom Brady, doesn't help you mentioned that touchdown that ramsey gets burnt on it's a beautiful throw and a beautiful route by mike evans who in his own right again is a pro bowl wide receiver so when you give a great quarterback a chance to come back in the game he's going to take it 10 out of 10 times and brady again showed you why he is the best to ever do it i mean again that would be crazy if tom brady's 24 point comeback on this rams team was the second best comeback he had in his career to Put it like that. I mean, that's definitely nuts. I know I mentioned earlier to Matt Gay, he missed a field goal in this one 47 yards short that gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers another chance to come back and they end up scoring to make it a seven point game. Again, when you let these teams hang around, good teams hang around, they take full advantage of it. Luckily for the Rams, they didn't get burned because Cooper cup in his own right is unreal. I mean, he caught that long touchdown pass. And then that play on Antoine Winfield, he catches down the middle of the field. That's a big time throw. So for the Rams, at least they definitely want to—they want to clean some stuff up offensively and not turn the ball over for sure. And again, when you get up on a team like this, put them away. And now, core, I'll go over the Bucks a little bit here because Tom Brady. I mean, you can't say that not expect a boatload of people to start speculating and stuff like that. I'll start with what I personally think. I think he'll be back, but I think he's sig- like I think him like signaling this. Yeah, it's just almost like. It's gonna, I think I said maybe last week or two weeks ago that I thought I maybe had three years left. I'm gonna go down to two now. I don't feel great about that. I think that there's a real possibility though, if Brady and the Bucks won the Super Bowl again this year, that he would have just walked away from that because the Buccaneers, they go into the offseason, not a whole ton of cap space. They're gonna they might lose Chris Godwin. Ryan Jensen's a free agent, Nadamigan Su's a free agent, Leonard Fournette, who came back in this game and looked pretty good, also a free agent this year. So for Brady, you know what I mean? It's almost like if he wants to give it. One more ride. He's got to have everybody by his side, and he also himself needs to be at full 100% committed. And from what he's signaling, I, 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 Brady, Brady's gonna. I, I truly believe Brady will play this year, but I definitely think that, like, after, beyond next year is definitely a big time question. And if the Bucks like don't do a good enough job of really surrounding him with what he needs, I think that there is a real chance that maybe the Brady after this next season goes. All right, like see ya, but I, I don't know. Like for Tom Brady to go out after this game, I, I can't I can't see it. Don't see it happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Tom Brady is is certainly gonna come back for another year. I think Tom Brady is a guy who well, like at least like if his performance, which it's not going down, I think Tom Brady's a guy who like the second his like performance does decide does start to Decline. I think he, he's a guy who, like, he, he's not going to be able to, like, be a quarterback. Like, Drew Brees kind of was falling off Big Ben. Those guys are falling off. I think, like, the second Tom Brady falls off, which I don't think will happen, but if he does, like, I think that's, like, a second, like, he'll just be like, I think it's time to call. Like, I think he's similar to a guy like LeBron in the NBA. Like, both those guys, I think the second they just, like, fall off a little, I think that's when they'll just, like, call it. But in this case, I think a loss in the, in the NFC divisional round, I think that's just not like a, the competitor that I've seen Tom Brady be over the course of the years. I think uh, it's just a tough way to go out. Like I know he's got seven rings and he's probably like doesn't really matter. I mean, he's probably not even thinking that, but like I'm saying like it probably doesn't even matter. Like you already got seven rings. I just think for him to go out like that, I don't know how – I can't see him doing that. I think he definitely comes back for another year. I think the Bucks team is pretty loaded. I think no Chris Godman obviously was definitely uh hurting hurt hurt the Bucks in in the in the, in this game and in since he got hurt. I mean obviously no Antonio Brown either. Like I think if they had both those guys they're probably able to give give a better game in this one. So I don't know. I definitely think Tom Brady comes back for another year and gives it at least Another go, because I think the competitor the competitor in him, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's able to go out like how he went out uh,
0: this year. Yeah, I agree with that. But at the end of the day, Corey, there's only one guy who knows exactly what he wants to do. And maybe girl, because maybe he told his wife what he plans to do. So we're just going to have to wait and see and see what Tom Brady decides to do for next season simple as that. core we we'll, will leave it off real quick with the Rams side of things for matthew stafford it was a huge win for his playoff resume to at least push him towards the upper echelon of quarterbacks i mentioned when he got traded to the los angeles rams that it was kind of almost super bowl or bust there and now they're two games away from achieving their ultimate goal stafford has looked great at points in the season, I know he struggled down the stretch, maybe a little bit t- with turning the ball over, but you make a big time throw like that. That is why Sean McVay and Les Sneed gave up two first round picks to go get him from the Detroit Lions. They saw that they could elevate their ceiling with Matthew Stafford and they went to go get that guy and good for Matt Stafford for finally having the chance to go do it. I think what's such a good measure about how good of a person to Matt Stafford is, is that right? You see some of these people request trades in across all leagues or leave their teams, right? And their people are burning their jerseys or their fan base. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, we hate that guy used to be on us. And then he quit on us. You got videos all over the internet of Detroit Lions fans going crazy and Matthew Stafford lion jerseys when he throws that long pass to Cooper cup and they look like they're about to win the game right there. I mean, again, that just speaks volumes to how good of, of a person Matthew Stafford is and how much people want him to succeed. So for him, if it's a super bowl this year, it gets validated with that and that'd be great. But if not, you know what I mean? It was a great season for the Rams and I'm sure Stafford is now he's proven that he is should be, should at least be mentioned in the top around the top five conversation. I don't think he's in the top five conversation yet, but he, you're right. I think you said this right before. He's not no stat header anymore for Detroit. He is an elite quarterback in the national football league with that core. We're going to round up Sunday's action there. I mean, like I said, Two unbelievable games, and we still got two more to talk about. We'll start on Saturday. We'll start with the game that kicked off our weekend between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans Core Evan McPherson, four for four, including a 52-yarder to win the game. I mean, that guy is cold-blooded. I remember at Florida, he was a good kicker there, and he's came to Cincinnati, and he had a little bit of a struggle in that Green Bay game, but now it doesn't matter because he's winning his team, he's winning his team playoff games. Joe Burrow under a lot of pressure in this one. But his defense had his back a little bit. I know they got that late interception on Ryan Tannehill, too. Then he sets it up with a nice completion to Jamar Chase to get McPherson into range. For the Cincinnati Bengals, what a quick turnaround, Corey. I mean, obviously, Burrow getting drafted first overall in 2020 to now an AFC Championship appearance. I guess in in their wildest dreams, they couldn't have imagined them being this successful. So good for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Titans will tell you they they definitely should have won this game. But the Bengals seized an opportunity, they and they ran with it. So hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals on this impressive victory.
1: Hey man, yeah. The, the Bengals out here uh conceding nine sacks and still winning a playoff game, pretty incredible, especially on the road. Um, I guess just credit to the to the Bengals. And yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of speculation in this year, like this past year's draft, like should the should the Bengals go Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell, like Sewell might have probably might have been the smarter pick, but at the end of the day, like doesn't really matter because they drafted Jamar Chase. He's probably gonna be the offensive rookie of the year and now they're in the AFC championship game. So obviously Cincinnati, I'm assuming, is not regretting anything and, and in this game. I don't know, like it was not it definitely was not pretty. It was not a was not like a great game for, for, for Cincy, but they got it done. They had Four field goals, one touchdown by Joe Mixon. And, yeah, I mean, Evan McPherson, um, I think to have a kicker like that certainly is a weapon and, like, a luxury for a guy to hit, like, 54 and 52 yarders, I think. Yeah, he just seems like a confident guy. I know he said, like, Joe Burrow said, like, when he was about to kick the game-winning kick, he was like, oh, it looks like we're going to the AFC championship game, which honestly was pretty funny and just just shows, like, the guy's confident in his abilities. And, obviously, he, he put it through the uprights. And uh, they're moving on. And then for, for Tennessee, uh, I don't know. I just think this game, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know. I think definitely not a good look on uh, on his end to have, what was it, three interceptions. I mean, kind of kind of tough for, for them. But, I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry coming back in this game, um, I was not expecting – I thought Derrick Henry – I was not expecting Derrick Henry to be like prime Derrick Henry. I was like, if they get 80% Derrick Henry, they'll um they'll be really good. He, like he'll be really good. Obviously, only rushed for 62 yards in this game. But yeah, I don't know what it was for for Tennessee. I think Tannehill just throwing three three interceptions, turning the ball over like that, uh definitely was tough for them. I think this Tennessee team, I think they'll be back next year, like in the playoff. Conversation. I don't think that they, they were really deserving, uh, like quality-wise, of the number one seed in in the AFC. And they got it, but yeah, they lose in the AFC divisional round. And all credit to, to the Bengals in uh, in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with Tennessee here and start with them because Tennessee was a team that all year I was completely off of their bandwagon and just. I mean, I didn't even pick Tennessee to win to make the playoffs, like or win the division. Of course, so I, I I did not think that they were very good. And they end up being the ones here, right? They get the bond. They're going to play Cincinnati. And it's almost like, well, everything's aligning for Tennessee right now. They normally play up to their competition. You know, they're, very, they're a lot different of a team in the sense that their defense is a lot better than it's been in past years, a lot better. They were getting Derrick Henry back. They're playing a Cincinnati team that just kicked four field goals last week that didn't really convince you against the Raiders, you'd think that the Titans would go out and give you a statement. But nope, of course, they want to just make Peo look bad. But for the Titans, I mean, again, yeah, they were very physical in this game on the defensive side. I think they put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow all day. They couldn't block the defensive front. I know Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry up there, two rising stars down in Tennessee. Definitely keep your eye on them. Come next year to see how much they progress but Tannehill, it all it all goes with him again. I mean, he throws that interception to start the game where he gets absolutely lurked on, and the two other interceptions couldn't have come at a worse time. They finally start driving the ball; they get it in the red zone. I believe I don't know exactly what they were down at that point when they threw that interception. I think oh they were down ten because he comes at they come out of they come out of halftime. The Bengals they score that touchdown with Joe Mixon on his touchdown run. Then Tennessee matches that; they go all the way down the field, and then they throw an interception on first and goal. So that can't happen. And then obviously the last throw too. Like 20 seconds left in the game. You're like, you're out, still outside of field grounds. Why are you forcing that throw into a three person window? Like, I don't know. Tano, I, I, didn't, I didn't love it. And the Tano, you're a guy who has gotten maybe a lot of slander in the sense that, oh, you've just handed the ball off to Derrick Henry and you just have to manage the game in the sense that, yeah, you look really good on your play actions, throwing to guys with a lot of space around them. But this isn't a game to cool your doubters right now. When you, I don't want to say, I'll, I'll never say single handedly, it's a game of football. You know what I mean? But Tannehill, he'll look back at some of his decisions, and he'll be like, wow, I really wish I had those back because they definitely could have altered this game. I know the Tennessee Titans, I mean, the real life they had in this game was when uh, who, um, Amani Hooker got an interception. all It dips off Piran's hand after they scored. And then they throw that – he throws a beautiful touchdown to A.J. Brown, and that was it for them. They tied the game up at 16, and then it went from there. So, yes, you see some flashes of Tannehill when he throws that touchdown pass in Pretty contested coverage, but A.J. Brown also makes a great play on it. And then, again, towards the end of the game, you try to force the ball in there, try to be a little bit too much of the hero, and ultimately come up short. But, yeah, I don't know, Corey. The Titans, it always seemed like they they weren't really deserving of the number one seed, and maybe they were a little pissed off about that because, oh, we beat the Bills in the regular season. We beat the Chiefs in the regular season. We beat the Rams, the Colts twice. But you kind of show this, you know what I mean? Yes, like your defense was great, but, I mean, you lose a game, again, where – you, de- you should have really they should have won this game it's definitely a sour note and they're going to have a long off season to think about how potentially they can continue this success that they've had the past couple of years now they've made the playoffs each of the last three seasons but now finally get over the hump and at least get into the Super Bowl and potentially win one because uh, I don't know if you can necessarily run it back I know as crazy as it is like I don't think they need major changes but they definitely need to upgrade and maybe I'm, I'm not saying that maybe they should dabble in the quarterback conversation but I mean you just saw what Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen just did in the AFC. Joe Burrow's only going to get better. Justin Herbert's there too. Lamar Jackson's going to come back with a vengeance next year. The Titans might want to think, hey, I mean, if we're going to be a Super Bowl team, we really got to swing for the fences at a quarterback position. I think that would be – I think it's maybe a little out there, but I don't think it should necessarily be something that they completely write off upgrading at the quarterback position.
1: Hey, yeah, right before you were – um, like when you were talking, I was actually just going to be like, do you think it's time to move on from Ryan Tannell, Cause like you look at this Titans team, you have, if you have a healthy, like Derek Henry, like your skills group, it, it, it's a pretty elite skill group, in my opinion, especially if like Julio Jones could stay healthy. Obviously this year he really wasn't, but I don't know. I don't know if, what could happen. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is uh how he's feeling in green Bay, but like you look at like possible, possible like teams that Aaron Rodgers, could go to I'm not saying I don't know how any like it would work but I don't know I think Aaron Rodgers goes to Tennessee somehow I'm not sure how that could even happen but like he goes to Tennessee I think Tennessee becomes obviously like a very 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 dangerous team because like you look at them right now I'd say like Ryan handle is kind of a mediocre quarterback and you bring in probably like an uh, the two-time reigning MVP uh, I think you certainly become, like, a way uh, – The AFC, if you get – if the Titans got Aaron Rodgers, like, you, the AFC becomes extremely stacked. And, I don't know, it's it just someone, like, the Titans, Bills, and Chiefs, and the Bengals, like, those are just four, like, really good teams. It's a shame, like, one of those teams – two of those teams going to have to lose an AFC divisional round, and then you got other good teams too. But if not, like, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, I think, like – I personally think it might be time to to move on from, from Ryan Tannehill. I don't. They're going to be picking in the uh, later round of the draft. So, I don't, in, in, of the first round. So I don't know how the quarterbacks are like going to be at that time. But I certainly think if you could somehow just upgrade from Ryan Tannehill,
0: Tannehill, I think it certainly is time, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, looking ahead to the draft, I don't necessarily think they would be better next year if they went with one of those rookie QBs instead of Tano. I think Tano is still a serviceable quarterback, but at the end of the day, I mean, what are you playing for? Are you playing to lose in the AFC division around, or are you playing to win Super Bowls? And it comes with a lot of risk. Like you said, look what the Rams did this past season with Jared Goff moving on from him, even though he's taking them to the playoffs. I mean what was it, like three out of the four years even took them to a Super Bowl and they go get Matt Stafford now, even if the Rams were to lose this week, right? I still think people will say, well, the Rams ceiling was a Super Bowl winning team with Stafford, with Goth, I don't think they could have said the same thing. I mean, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks out there. Where Aaron Rodgers, potentially Russell Wilson dangling out there. I know I was saying this the other day. I mean, the Titans are a team, if you ask me, that could be a quarterback away. And again, they're not, the, not a quarterback away from being like good. They're good right now, but a quarterback away from being a legit contender for a Super Bowl title. Not saying the Titans aren't now, but they would need Tannehill to take a significant step forward. I think the Indianapolis Colts are another one of those teams. I think the Cleveland Browns, too. If they could get elite quarterback play, which, again, there are going to be elite quarterbacks on the move this offseason, any of those three could potentially then start to go toe-to-toe with Kansas city and Buffalo in the AFC, but enough with next year core. We got one more game to recap and then we got to get into a couple other league news and our game picks. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers because we were just saying about how he'll potentially be on the move. One of the reasons he'll probably be on the move is because his number one seeded green Bay Packers lost at home 13 to 10, thanks to a Robbie gold game winning field goal core. I mean, we mentioned that Rodgers. it looks like he's going to be well on his way to his second MVP award. After the first drive, only three points all day against this Niners defense. That was great. This Niners defense was good all year, but you kind of felt that it was like one of their 2019 vintage performances. They were able to win at the line of scrimmage constantly. They made things so tough on Aaron Rodgers. I I saw a stat on Twitter. I believe it was seven out of the last eight drives that the Packers had on Saturday. They gained either one first down or zero first downs, which again, that's crazy for an offense that was able to move the ball with ease all weekend. On offense, they just survived. Jimmy Garoppolo tried to um, really hurt them with that interception before half. They were lucky. I thought that blocked field goal was completely – actually saved that the game. And I, I, that's not an exaggeration if you ask me. If the Packers would have went into half, up 10-0, that game was over. But for them to save that, they, they only stayed at 7 nothing after it looked like the Niners could potentially tie it up. But obviously, Garoppolo throws the interception. It was huge for them to keep it a one-possession game. And the Debo Samuel run, of course, people are going to talk about because on third and seven, him getting that first down there was crazy. And Robbie Gould ends up taking a game-winning field goal and sending Aaron Rodgers home disappointed for a second straight season. Like I said, questions are going to arise about Rodgers' future while the 49ers continue this underdog Cinderella-type story, and they just continue to find a way to win. I mean, in this one, they blocked a punt for a touchdown its Gar- Garoppolo improves to like nine and two, I think it is, when he's thrown for zero touchdowns in the game, which is absurd. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I, I just kind of spewed out a bunch of things about this game. I'm curious to see your stance on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the for the Packers to lose this game, I think Aaron Rodgers to be in Green Bay next year is definitely a toss-up, but probably not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo really did not do much in this game. Obviously, the weather wasn't great, but no, I, I don't mean it kind of like Jimmy G's that guy who gets the A in the in the group project, but I don't know. I think it's in, in this game, like special teams definitely was, it, it, it is a third of the game. Like usually it's just offense, defense, like no one really cares about special teams, but in this game, like you have a blocked punt, a blocked kick, and yeah, I mean the block punt literally results in a touchdown. The block kick holds three points off the board, like right there. Like you get the punt away, you you hit the field goal. Like I think the Packers probably are in the NFC championship game right now, but that's credit to um it's credit to the 49ers special teams coordinator and credit and credit to their special teams unit. And yeah, I'm at um what was it like third and seven or third and eight? Debo Samuel gets the first down. I mean, Debo's just such a such a problem such a like just he's just a guy who you could just give the ball to he's one of those guys yeah you can give the ball to and he's gonna go get you yards so I don't know I think the the 49ers certainly are a team who like they kind of seem like they're just like a lot of dogs maybe like somewhat that team of destiny right now and after that first drive Aaron Rodgers in 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 this offense really couldn't get anything going so I mean a lot of um A lot of Aaron Aaron Rodgers receiving – like his passing yards were to Aaron Jones, who had like almost 130 yards uh, through the air. You're you're starting running back. So he's throwing a lot of dump-offs. So, I mean, credit to the 49ers' defense. And unfortunate for the Packers, again, another year of disappointment in the playoffs after a great regular season. So I don't really know what the future holds for them. I don't know if it's going to be Jordan Love's world next year. Personally – I hate I like I don't like being downers anyone on but like I'm not really confident in, in in Jordan Love necessarily being like that guy I think he could be like an average quarterback but like I don't think Jordan Love like necessarily gonna be that guy one day so uh, I think the Packers' future right now is in question but credit um, great for the 49ers they they got to go try to beat the Rams for uh, a third straight time this year.
0: I'll start with the Packers here and then I'll leave off with the 49ers because of course we're going to talk about them and their matchup this weekend for the Packers. What's, what's a little upsetting is that they were never really fully healthy this year. They got a lot of guys back in this one. They did get to Darius Smith, but he was still limited. Jair Alexander, I think only played like eight snaps in this game. Another guy who returned and David Bakhtiari didn't go at all. So, I mean, those are three of your top, I don't know, five, six players for them to not be healthy. That's definitely, it, it sucks. But at this point, in the league right now you deal with injuries in the second round of the playoffs it's just part of the game unfortunately with a mess of a cap space coming up Devontae Adams his pending free agency I mean he won't leave like he can't walk for nothing because they'll franchise tag him and stuff like that but I truly believe Aaron Rodgers has played his last snap as a Green Bay Packer and I think Devontae Adams possibly will be and you were kind of maybe a little Meaner on Jordan Love than I'll say this, but let's just be honest. Like Jordan Love will not be Aaron Rodgers next year. So the Packers, I mean, if, and if Rodgers goes, who else knows how like much of a domino effect that might be? I mean, three straight thirteen win seasons, and you don't have a Super Bowl appearance to show for it. The frustration is definitely warranted. I'm not going to say that some of it isn't on Rodgers. I think that again, in this one, when you're Aaron Rodgers, and you're that guy. I mean, look at what Mahomes and Josh Allen were able to do for their teams. And yes, I know it was snowing all second half of that game in Green Bay, but to muster up three points after your opening drive, I, 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 don't, I, I gotta start putting some of the blame on you, Aaron. I think, I think you're a tremendous quarterback talent, but this one, I think even he will tell you that Maybe he let them down a little bit. I know, I know, I know. If they don't block that punt, there's probably no way the 49ers are going down and scoring a touchdown because they really had to move the ball well all day. They had one maybe good drive that turned into the Robbie Gold first field goal and, honestly, a second one that turned into a Garoppolo interception, which was brutally bad. I still can't believe he threw the ball. But at the end of the day, the Packers weren't able to capitalize. And the Niners, you mentioned, they they almost seem like this team of destiny because they're able to keep – hanging around in these games. And when opportunity strikes, they take advantage of it. I know in the first game against the Dallas of this playoffs for them, they had a nice lead and then they were able to really kind of survive and hold on there. And then in this one, they survive, survive all game. They get a nice block punt. And in the end, they finally put together a decent drive that they were able to set up Robbie Gold for a game winner. And now they're moving on to play the Rams for a third time. So I'm definitely excited to get into that before we get into our game previews, I just want to talk about some of the coaching and the general manager searches in the league. I know they started to heat up. I mean, still the coaching hires are still ice cold right now. We don't have one coach who has officially been hired yet. We do have a couple of GMs that have been hired. I will mention them. We won't go too much into them. The Giants officially hired Joe Shane. He was the assistant GM in Buffalo. The Bears hired Ryan Poles, a guy from Kansas City. He was maybe director player personnel there or something. That He was a high up guy. In Kansas City, and the Vikings just hired another guy from the Browns. I'm blanking on his name right now. He's a very big analytics guy. He's worked with Andrew Berry, very close to him. So, for these three organizations, I don't mean being a Giants fan, it's a step in the right direction. Finally, a chance of hope. I know the Vikings, obviously, maybe a little bit closer to contention these past couple of years than the Bears and the Giants. So, they hope that he could put the finishing touches there. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name here. And for the Giants and the Bears, I mean, the Bears have Justin Fields figured out at the quarterback position. Joe Shane for the Giants going to have to figure out what he could do potentially with Daniel Jones and his future. But, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? GM gets hired, Cole. You always want this new hope. You know what I mean? There's always hope around the building that this guy could finally be the one to bring you to the promised land. And before I send it off to you, I will leave off with his name, Kwezi Adolfo Mensah is the guy's name, by the way, that was hired as the Vikings general manager. So there you go. You can't yell at me now that I don't know these people's names. But, uh, Corey, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's always a good time when a new GM gets hired.
1: Yeah, I mean, this guy Joe Shone from, uh, from Buffalo, honestly, like, I don't really know much um, about him. But, yeah, I mean, I think a general manager for sure. Uh, certainly, like, you just need new – new energy i think like you got to move on from uh from dave Gettleman. and i guess it's the it's the joe shown era now in, in new york so i don't know yeah i think but i think i saw something that he wants to i think he said he wants to build the offense around daniel jones so i'm kind of i'm kind of for that i think daniel jones um hasn't really been giving like like I, I don't, I don't know if Daniel Jones is ever gonna be like a star in this league, but I don't think like he's ever been given like a full, like legit, uh, fair chance. Like, like he's had battle lines, he's had a lot of injuries a wide receiver, just stuff like that. And I think just sh- like I think how Mike Mike Glennon played at quarterback, uh, down the stretch last year, I think just shows like. I think that kind of helped Daniel Jones case for sure. Just to show like he was definitely able to do a lot more than Mike Lennon. So yeah, I think, I think Daniel Jones could be, could be decent. So I think Joe shown I'm ready for, uh, I guess I'm ready for this guy's new era.
0: John Mara in their press conference today mentioned how they've done everything in their power, almost to like ruin Daniel Jones. in the sense they've given him absolutely nothing, which is 100% true. I agree with you in the sense that I don't think Daniel Jones may not necessarily be this top five quarterback, But for sure, I don't think we've seen Daniel Jones' ceiling. I think that there is some potential there for sure. And hopefully Shane and whoever he hires as the new head coach of the Giants can bring out the best in him. Core, we'll talk about one last piece of news in the NFL before we get on to our championship round preview. We'll talk about Sean Payton stepping away after 16 years coaching the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Obviously won that Super Bowl against The Indianapolis Colts back in, I believe it was the 2009 season, the 2010 Super Bowl was like in February of 2010. I mean, Sean Payton always regarded as one of the best offensive minds in football, one of the longest tenured coaches. I mean, he was there ever since really Hurricane Katrina hit in New Orleans in 2006, I believe was his first season when Drew Brees also came in there. Obviously, I guess, I know it was only, you look back at his tenure, like, wow, he only won one Super Bowl. They were always highly competitive, him and Brees, leading those two teams, a tough, tough break for The Saints to lose Breeze last year and lose Sean Payton this year, but uh, I'm curious to see what his next step is. I honestly think Sean Payton's a good guy to go into television. I know I saw some things on um, again about how like he could potentially step into like maybe an ESPN role where like they lost John Gruden a couple years ago and he could maybe be something like that. I think that would be pretty interesting. I think it'd be pretty cool maybe if he we went to NBC and him and Drew Brees were sitting around a table talking football together. I think that would be awesome for fans to see. But uh, yeah, like I said, for Saints fans, I mean, this has to be, it's bittersweet because of course they appreciate everything that Sean Payton did for them, but to lose your franchise quarterback and your franchise coach back-to-back off seasons, uh, yeah, definitely tough. Yeah, I mean,
1: Sean Payton uh, definitely, I know he only has one Super Bowl, but um, I personally like think Sh- Sean Payton was, was one of the best coaches in the NFL and also probably had one of the coldest seats in the NFL, regardless of what what happened. But yeah, I mean when you lose Drew Brees and then Jameis Winston goes down, your quarterback right now is is like Taysom Hill. I I mean I guess it's kind of tough. And I don't know what his future holds. I think like you said, I think him in television would be pretty good. I think he's a a well spoken guy. And um yeah I mean I think I I I, honestly I think he'll come out of retirement though And, and coach like if the right position presents it like i would not be surprised if if like dallas i think dallas would be a good position for him i think mike mccarthy doesn't get it done get doesn't get it done next year I, I would not be surprised if mike mccarthy is is done and they brought in champagne because champagne i think is a is a really good coach so that's just my put on it
0: yeah so a lot of ties to dallas and even like old rumors about him potentially going to dallas and getting traded even there when he was under contract a couple of years back. So I think that's like probably the most natural place that I could see him going. I, yeah. I don't think Sean Payton's done with coaching. I think he will be back. I think that, yeah, he kind of takes a look at what the saints have and is like, do I like, you know what I mean? Like, do I really want to, almost like put myself through this in a sense and like because it's a, it's a long commitment you know what I mean to coach and to be up there and obviously all the time that you spend away from your family and stuff like that so for Sean Payton to take a step back similar to how Bruce Arians did it a couple years back with the Cardinals took a step back and then a couple years later took the step to go to Tampa Bay to coach the Buccaneers and look where he is right now I got a ring out of it so I think Sean Payton I think that obviously a year he'll be out I think maybe even two but I think that when the right job opens up that he will definitely be in consideration for it and he will definitely um field some phone calls and like I said I I definitely expect him to be back in the coaching world at some point in the future I don't think that there's no way that the last we've this is the last we've seen of Sean Payton on the sidelines I at least I refuse to believe that and it's a little upsetting of course he has to walk away you know what I mean I was all for the Sean Payton giant rumors He used to be an offensive coordinator there and they kind of let him out the door and then he ended up going to coach the Saints and be a dynasty while the Giants have had a revolving door of coaches ever since Tom Coughlin, but that's besides the point core that's neither here nor there. So for Sean Payton, good for him. And hopefully Maybe we do see him on TV, you know what I mean? He's a great football mind. I would definitely be intrigued to hear some of his wisdom and some of the notes that he has when he's watching a football game or commentating on the game. Core. with all that being said, we have finally made it to our game preview time. Let's make our game picks for the championship round. We'll start first with the earlier game, the AFC Championship. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites in this one. These two teams played towards the end of the regular season where the Kansas City Chiefs lost that game actually the Bengals kicked the game-winning field goal so the Chiefs they were able to just beat the Bills a little bit of revenge on their mind because the Bills beat them in the regular season and now they got another chance to do it with the Bengals who beat them in the regular season I thought the Bengals got a little bit lucky to win that game I thought they I, I will say this I thought they played a phenomenal game for all four quarters they still almost lost the game and I mean if it wasn't for like a penalty on that fourth down they went for it when the game was tied then they kind of um Like they get a penalty there, and then they were able to run out the clock and kick the game-winning field goal. If not for that flag, who knows what the result is of that game? I think the Chiefs are again—they're a hungry team. I think the Chiefs, all in all, are just a better football team than the Bengals. The one thing that scares me a little bit about this game would be that the almost like a Chiefs hangover in a sense—that like that game last week felt like it was so much like the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl that Kansas City. Almost comes out a little flat, and I mean you can't come out flat against this Bengals team because this Bengals team is hungry. They've won two games right now. They just went on the road to Tennessee and beat the top-seeded Titans. So that would scare me a little bit. I still with that. Even with that, I still think the Chiefs will win this game. Seven points is a lot to swallow. But I'm, I'm going to stay, stay on Kansas City side. I think they probably win the game by about seven points. I'm going to go with Kansas City here. My biggest thing is, is that Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, has never been afraid to send pressure. He understands how good a pass rush can be for your defense and how much it helps your coverage. I think that he's going to, again, send a lot of pressure to Joe Burrow. We just saw how the Cincinnati dealt with pressure against Tennessee. They did, really didn't. They did nothing to it. And, I mean, Josh Allen was under duress, again, all game. And Joe Burrow, while he's good, he doesn't have the same playmaking ability in the pocket and to get outside the pocket that Josh Allen does. So I'm going to take Kansas City minus seven here. Like a legacy, a little hesitant against the spread because I think it's a big one. But I just think the Chiefs are that much of a step above the Bengals. Whereas, again, I think that, like, yes, the Bengals have been great all year. They've been a great story. But I think it just ultimately falls just short of a Super Bowl appearance. So I'll go with the Chiefs here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think – I hope this game turns out to be a, uh, a really good game. But, like, at the end of the day, I just can't see Patrick Mahomes not getting to a third straight Super Bowl. Uh, I, I just think, like, at home against a, against the Bengals, I just – I just think – I think Patch Mahomes gets it done. I wouldn't be surprised. Like you said that the Chiefs can't come out flat against this Bengals team. But, like uh, – the thing about the Chiefs, like, you want to say that, but, like, they've shown in recent history, like, they, it's not a good habit. But, like, they've come out flat in games, like, against the Texans uh, two years ago, yeah. and then the AFC Championship game against the Titans, they did come out flat, too, and they won both those games by, I think, double digits. So, yeah, I think, I think um last week, um, the, the Chiefs did send pressure to Josh Allen, but, I mean, like you said, I was gonna say that too. Like Josh Allen, obviously a really tough guy to sack, especially like with his uh his ability to move, run around and scramble, throw throw on the run. Joe Burrow's a really good pocket passer, but he doesn't really he doesn't necessarily bring that same type of same type of like athleticism to just scramble and avoid and seek the pressure. So I think if the Chiefs could get pressure on Burrow, I think it will definitely Uh, throw off the Bengals. I think they'll be able to get to Burrow and sack him a few times. So I think at the end of the day, I think this will be a good game, but I'm honestly going to ride with Kansas city. And I think they'll cover minus seven and go to a a third straight Super bowl.
0: Yeah. And they really definitely with a third straight Super bowl appearance. I mean, they got a dynasty in the making to host four straight AFC championship games. is really impressive. I mean, what a start for Patrick Mahomes, career that should lead to tons of success in his future core. The later game is the third time that these two teams will be meeting this year. It is the San Francisco 49ers traveling to LA to play the Rams. The Rams are three and a half point favorites here. These two teams played in week 18 where the Rams blew a 17 nothing lead and the Rams kind of um I mean it wasn't really a home game for the Rams is what I'm trying to get at. The 49ers faithful were screaming and everything. They were getting all loud while the Rams fans, I mean, uh, no noise from them. They've taken some uh, precautions this week to try to limit the amount of Niner fans there. I always think that's pretty funny when a team has to do that in the championship round of the playoffs. Like, come on, fan base. Like, let's be real here. But I, I ultimately, it'll be a pretty split crowd for sure. Obviously, San Francisco, not too far away from SoFi Stadium, of course. But back to things on the field core. Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan have really had a great success history wise against Sean McVay, which is crazy because nobody really has a great success against Sean McVay. I think Garoppolo and games that he started is six and one against him. I think they're six and O oh in their last six games against them. That I do actually know for sure. So a lot of familiarity here. I'll say this. I think the Rams, like I said, if they play how they did in the first half against the Buccaneers and how they did against the Cardinals, there's no way they're losing this game to the San Francisco 49ers. And I love the 49ers. The 49ers are a pesky team. But even again, against Green Bay, Green Bay kind of kept, didn't put them completely off schedule. They had a chance to, but they just didn't score. I think that the Rams offensive line, I'd like to see Andrew Whitworth back healthy because the 49ers have done a great job this year getting a ton of pressure on things. And I think the Rams, like, Up front, you mentioned that their pass rush can be such an asset, and it really is. And, like, I think that their biggest thing will be, like, can they stop the 49ers run game? I think that game that they played earlier this year, the 49ers ran the ball almost 50 times on them. This was the Monday night game uh, on, like, week 11, I want to say it was. So it's a matter of can the Rams, like, kind of get the 49ers off schedule and force the 49ers to be uncomfortable, which is something that they really have not dealt with all year. I think it's going to be a real close game. I'm going to take the 49ers plus three and a half. The Rams, though, Corey, they were my Super Bowl pick. And like I said, when the Rams are clicking, there are nobody. There's no team in the NFL that will beat them. So I'm going to take the Rams to win this game. Ultimately, I just think that there's too much talent on the outside. And I think Matthew Stafford ends up making another big time throw. And the legend of Matthew Stafford in the postseason continues to grow after not being, being there once in his Lions career. Uh, he's going to have, a, I think, another big-time throw that wins the 40, that wins the Los Angeles Rams this game and moves them on to the Super Bowl and hosting another Super Bowl because, I mean, back-to-back years now, we could have potentially a team hosting a Super Bowl in its own stadium, which is an interesting nugget on that. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers plus 3.5, but the Rams ultimately to win this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really good game uh, to NFC West opponents. Uh, I know the, the, the 49ers definitely had a lot of success against the Rams over – recent uh the recent times they've met but I know this year they've beaten them twice last two the last time these teams played I know the the Rams blew a 17 nothing lead in a game that obviously meant a lot more to the 49ers so I think I know I saw like yeah the tickets um I'm not sure if like they were just like I saw like they were not allowing like fans outside the area or something to come in which kind of is uh kind of soft in my opinion like (laughs) if if 49 ers fans want to take over your stadium because you can't bring in the majority of the fans, I think you got to let it happen, even though, I don't know, it's kind of soft, but I think in this game, it's going to be a little bit different of an outcome. I just think that the Rams are going to be able to get it done. I think uh, like the 49ers are uh, a team of destiny, but I don't know, just like you look at these teams, like I think the Rams are just, they're just a more talented team on both sides of the ball. So like you said, I mean, like, yeah, I think if, if the Rams don't turn the ball over, like if Cam Akers can protect the ball, which I think he will I think uh, probably been practicing that all week, like just holding on to the football. And Matthew Stafford has been proven like these first two games he really hasn't thrown. He, he's not throwing interceptions. So I think if they could, like, limit the turnovers and, um, yeah, protect the ball, I think. I think the Rams offense will be able to move the ball. I think they'll be able to score points. I think the defense will be able to do well against Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they've been successful. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. I think it'll be a close game, but I think it's about a seven. I think the Rams win this game by about seven points. I think it'll be about like a one touchdown game. So, I'll take the Rams minus three and a half and uh, to move
0: on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, it hurts, man, because the 49ers, I picked them back-to-back weeks as underdogs on this show to beat the Cowboys and the Packers, and they proved me right. I mean, you know what I mean? But I think our time here, me and the 49ers faithful, has come to a little bit of an end. I just think it's so tough to beat a team three times in the same season, throw into that, that Sean McVay is a top three, top five head coach in the National Football League. I just think that, again, it's and and you're the Rams are a more talented team. I don't think anybody would argue against that. It's the 49ers face a complete uphill battle that you're 100% right. If the Rams protect the football, they're good. But if the Rams start turning the ball over and playing sloppy, the 49ers will take advantage of it. And again, there'll be an awesome Cinderella story, which don't get me wrong, I would not mind seeing at all the 49ers in this Super Bowl. I'd be a little upset because I took the Rams, of course, to win the suit won this show before the season, but I could live with the Cinderella story. I'm always for the story, Core. It's the NFL here. You got to love the storylines. But with all that being said, that's going to do it for today's episode. Core, anything you want to leave off with?
1: Another uh, another good week. Another good week of uh, football in mean, these two two games. It's going to be tough to match what we saw uh, in that divisional round. But hey, it, it, you never know. Maybe we'll get uh, two better games. Probably not going to happen, but maybe we'll get, uh, I mean, hopefully we just get two. Two good games here in the, in the conference championship weekend.
0: Yeah, enjoy these two games on Sunday. They Again, I don't know if they could really top this past weekend, but you never know. I mean, we could have never expected that last weekend to be that crazy. Hopefully for this weekend we can just get some real competitive games. But, um, yeah, they, they got some tough expectations to live up to. But be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.